Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a tidbit about why we call someone a devil's advocate and a meaty middle about why lawyers write good thrillers. You've probably heard the term devil's advocate. It refers to someone who puts forth an unpopular opinion or disputes an idea just for the sake of argument. What you might not know is that for many years in the Roman Catholic Church, there actually was a devil's advocate. No, not an evil minion of Satan. A theologian known as the promotor fidei, or the promoter of the faith. This guy had a tough job. Whenever someone was nominated for canonization, that is, for sainthood, the promotor fidei had to argue for all the reasons the person didn't pass muster. You could think of him as the official church skeptic. His job was to look critically at all the candidates' alleged miracles and good works and put forth in writing every possible disqualifying shortcoming, no matter how slight. Because the promotor Fide's role was to argue against others in the church, he became known as the avocatus diabli, the devil's advocate. The term shifted into popular usage and soon anyone who was arguing an unpopular point or just being contrarian was said to be playing the devil's advocate. So that's your tidbit for today. If you play the devil's advocate, you're staking out a position you don't necessarily agree with, either just for the sake of debate or to help someone make a really well-thought-out decision. And that's hardly devilish. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life, which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi. Next, I have a Supreme Court lawyer, Anthony Franz, turned thriller writer, on how to craft sentences with punch. Most people wouldn't think that writing legal briefs for the U.S. Supreme Court and penning thrillers would require similar writing skills. But after representing clients in more than 30 cases before the Supreme Court, and with the release of my third novel, The Outsider, this month, I can attest that it's true. In both mediums, you're telling a story, one real, one fictional. In both, you need your audience to believe what you're saying. And in both, you want the reader eagerly to turn the page. Whether you're crafting the critical opening line of a brief or facing the daunting first page of a novel, it all starts, as Hemingway said, with one true sentence. Here are three tips for creating sentences with punch. One. Start sentences with and or but. The best legal and thriller writers understand that regardless of what your elementary school teacher said, it's okay to start a sentence with a conjunction. Starting with and or but isn't just grammatically correct, it's a mainstay of expert writers. Proof is easy to find. Read the latest decision of the Supreme Court, a brief from a top high court advocate, or the first page of the latest Grisham novel, and examples of sentences starting with and and but abound. The late Justice Antonin Scalia, considered one of the high court's great writers, said, I love but at the beginning of a sentence, and I never put however at the beginning. He felt the same way about starting with and. But why the preference for and and but over their cousins in addition and however? because and and but are shorter, and they don't require a comma, giving a sentence more flow, more verve. Consider this passage from Robert Frost's famous poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. 
but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. It just wouldn't have the same feel if Frost had said, The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. However, I have promises to keep. In addition, miles to go before I sleep. Number two, shorter is better. General Motors once used the slogan, Wider is better, to promote its wide-track vehicles. I'm not sure the company sold many Pontiacs, but I remember the silly commercials, so maybe you'll remember a variation for sentence structure. Shorter is better. In both legal and thriller writing, a tight sentence with a single idea is usually better than a longer, more complex sentence. For legal writing, you want the judges or justices to understand where you're heading on the first read. And complex sentences require the brain to process more information. I prefer, as Chief Justice John Roberts recommends, to, quote, take the judges by the hand and lead them along, unquote, step by step. For thrillers, my job is to get readers to suspend their disbelief. If they backtrack to read a sentence or stumble over an unusual word, it might break the spell. So short and simple is better. Both Supreme Court justices and best-selling thriller writers agree. As Justice Clarence Thomas tells his law clerks, quote, Look, the genius is having a $10 idea in a five-cent sentence, not having a five-cent idea in a $10 sentence, unquote. The same principle applies to the words that fill a sentence. As Stephen King said, quote, One of the really bad things you can do to your writing is to dress up the vocabulary, looking for long words because you're maybe a little bit ashamed of your short ones, unquote. I follow the two-line rule. Whenever I see a sentence that exceeds two lines on the page, I ask whether I can break it into two sentences. Then I ask whether I'm using plain language and whether I'm adhering to Strunk and White's famous edict to omit needless words. Finally, number three, cock your ear. Speaking of Strunk and White, I agree with their advice that sometimes the rules, like the two tips I just gave you, must give way to the ear. They wrote, quote, The question of ear is vital. Only the writer whose ear is reliable is in a position to use bad grammar deliberately, This writer knows for sure when a colloquialism is better than formal phrasing and is able to sustain the work at a level of good taste. So cock your ear, unquote. For instance, if Abe Lincoln had followed my first two rules, four score and seven years ago would have become 87 years ago. But Lincoln trusted his ear and chose cadence over plain words and brevity. Similarly, consider the preamble to the U.S. Constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. But what's a more perfect union? In four lines? Under my first two rules, the revised version might look like this. We the people establish this United States Constitution. We do so to improve the Union, establish justice, ensure tranquility, provide defense, and secure liberty. It's shorter, 
but not better. Justice Elena Kagan, whom some regard as the best writer on the court, is a master at crafting clear opinions with a unique voice. She uses plain language, pithy examples, and colloquialisms, on occasion even citing Spider-Man, Star Wars, and Dr. Seuss. She trusts her ear. Cocking your ear is even more important when writing thrillers. Thriller writers aren't turning in an English essay, but trying to create an atmosphere, capture the imperfections of speech in dialogue, and ratchet up anticipation and suspense. Consider the opening sentence from one of my favorite thrillers of the past few years, I Am Pilgrim. There are places I'll remember all my life. Red square with a hot wind howling across it. My mother's bedroom on the wrong side of Eight Mile. The endless gardens of a fancy foster home. A man waiting to kill me in a group of ruins known as the Theater of Death. This sentence is long and contains many ideas, but it pulls you in. I think even Grammar Girl would agree. Sometimes you've just got to throw out the technical rules and follow your ear. Yes, Anthony, I do. Anthony Franz is a lawyer in the appellate and Supreme Court practice of a prominent Washington, D.C. law firm, an author of thrillers set in the nation's highest court, including The Advocate's Daughter and his newest release, The Outsider. Thank you, Anthony. All this month, we're asking you to tell your friends about a podcast they'll love. Right now, think of a friend, your mom, anyone you care about. What podcast would that person really love? Got it? Now do it. Tell them about it in real life or on social media. And if they don't know about podcasts, show them how to listen and subscribe. And tell us what you're recommending with the hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y-P-O-D. I've been seeing your posts on Twitter and liking them. Thanks for spreading the word. Finally, I have a shout out to Cherie the Ninja, who lives in Sydney, Australia. Emile Mercier, who listens during long commutes in his 1992 Crown Vic. And Kim, who listens while getting ready for work at a library in Auckland, New Zealand. She's been listening since way back in 2008. I've been producing this show for a long time, more than 10 years, and you can find all my articles and old podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life, which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication. 
and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.